morning, everyone. My name is Amber. I'm on the volunteer staff here at Dwell Church. And before I start off, I just want to say thank you to the staff and the board and you guys for coming today because you know I was going to speak. It was in the email. Um, but really just thinking about the process that I've had through giving a talk here. I mean, I think the first thing that came to my mind was like, I'm totally not worthy to give a talk at church. Um, and then the second thing that went through my mind was, God is an early riser. Uh, you know, I think you hear preachers say like, hey, this sermon came to me, and you're like, okay, whatever, like you're not a pastor, so maybe you don't understand. But a couple weeks ago, Jackie talked about God giving her a song very early in the morning, and she does not get up early. And on May 4th, which is a Saturday, I woke up at about 6 a.m., and I had three specific things on my mind to talk about today. And it was 6, and so I was like, whatever, so I'm just going to go back to sleep. And God was like, no, you're not. And so I got up, and I wrote most of it that day. And so I really have, like, a new appreciation for understanding, like, God put a sermon or a talk on your heart. So thank you guys for coming this morning. So today we're going to talk about community as in the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of definitions about community, but the one that we're going to talk about today is a feeling of fellowship with others. Um, and also just thinking about all the different ways that you have community. So obviously we have community here. Uh, you have community in your work, in the city, and even on an airplane, you have community with people. Even if it's for that temporary amount of time, 11 hours can make you best friends or worst enemies with someone. Um, so we're talking about all kinds of communities this morning, and I want to talk to you specifically about what God is saying about love in conjunction with community. I've been really blessed to have a great community and to be in community with so many people my whole life. I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. What up, Andy Griffith Show? That's where I'm from. Uh, and it was a very tight-knit community. I, we, I went to a church where everybody still goes to the same church. Um, and I was just so fortunate to find fellowship there growing up um, and then also moving to all the various places that I lived um, and then coming here. So community is something that I'm super passionate about and really just on a personal, a local, and a global level. So I'm going to start um, with a story this morning where God asked me to step out into a, a community that I was not comfortable with and how he helped me uh, grow into love and it really transformed me. So a couple of years ago, I took a job at a small coffee company. It's not small. Um, and for the first time, I was involved in the service industry where everyone was welcome. And sometimes that meant people that you normally wouldn't be or I normally wouldn't be in community and relationship with. We had a lot of problems uh, at that coffee company with some of the transients. It, was very, it felt very unsafe at times, and there was really not a lot that we were doing about it as a company. And at that time, I was reading this book, and I just remember like one line off of it said, see the light in others and look into their souls. And I felt like God really put that, like, one line out of that whole book in my heart. And it started to weigh on me very heavily. And I felt like God started to call me to those people in their own community um, in this difficult time. So I took a serving opportunity that we used to have here. Uh, we would go on Fridays to a shelter to serve ice cream. Um, and it was at a, a shelter here in Santa Monica. So the more that I went... 
uh, the really the more that I began to understand the different stories. And uh, we would serve ice cream, but most of the time we would just sit afterwards and talk with them. And sometimes they would share and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, but the more that I built relationships, the more I began to be able to see through the lens of humanity, not only in the shelter, but in my job. And I want to talk to you this morning about a friend that I made. His name is Mark. And he was an outsider at the shelter um, and didn't talk a lot, but he mostly colored. And so for some reason, I was just really drawn to him. And I would go to the shelter, and I would, like, seek him out. And um, I have this photo. I laminated it because I have my own laminator. And uh, this is the last thing that Mark colored for me. And uh, we just started to make a new friendship. He started opening up. He would talk to me about his wife. Um, he had a son. He used to be very successful at one point. And I really just kind of inserted myself into his life. And if you know me, you know that I'm really good at doing that. So if I want to be friends with somebody, I just, like, get in there. And I insert myself into their life. And I would like to call that intentional, but some people might call it pushy. Um, it can be pushy. Uh, but Mark and I became good friends. And each week, like I said, we would talk about his story. And finally, uh, I went to the shelter one day, and he was like, hey, guess what? I got an apartment. And I was like, that's awesome. And so I knew I probably wouldn't see Mark anymore, but I gave him my phone number, and I said, hey, you can call me anytime. And about five months later, I was at the gym at 24-hour fitness, and it was about 6 a.m. in the morning, and I got a call. And I answered it, even though typically at 6 a.m. I wasn't, like, always great at answering phone calls. And it was Mark, and he said, hey, Amber, I need to you to come pick me up. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll come pick you up. And I didn't even think about it. I didn't ask him where he was. I just said, okay, I'll come get you. And so he sent me the address, and I picked him up at a hospital. And when I went in, Mark was gray and very sick. And I was like, I think you should stay here. He said, no, I, I want to go home. So I took Mark home into an apartment building that was pretty run down. And I called my friend, uh, Doris, and I kept her on FaceTime in my pocket because I knew that I was going into a situation that I probably shouldn't be going into by myself, uh, just in terms of going into the building. And I was sort of scared. So uh, I took Mark into his apartment and got him kind of into the bed, and we just talked for a couple of hours. I sat for a while with him, um, and then uh, he asked me to pray for him, which I did, and then I went on to my job. About four hours later, Mark's roommate called me and told me that he died. And it was so incredible for God to just open that door for me to even be able to be a part of that community and to be in community and relationship with Mark. And God called me to act in love, right? I can go to the shelter, you can go outside, and you can feel sorry for someone, and that's called sympathy. But God called me into more, which is empathy, action, in relationships. So taking action on um, what I felt for Mark. And isn't that what community kind of is for us all? God calls us to be bold, to be compassionate, to be intentional, sometimes pushy, to get out of our comfort zones at times and to see other people, to carry the burdens, and I think what an honor it is for God to call us his hands and his feet. So I'm not saying that you should all go out and find something to do just like this. And I'm not even saying it was like the smartest decision in the moment. Uh, but looking back, I would never regret it. But can you think of a time that you've ever been in a relationship with someone that you had immediate compassion for? 
it could be like when you had your first child or in your first relationship. Um, but do you feel, do you remember how deep that love felt? Maybe you're on the receiving end of this love. And that relationship literally changed the course of your entire life. This is the kind of love that God calls us to every day. That we love our neighbors and for one another in our communities. And love your neighbor as yourself is like a Bible verse that I had kind of thought about, but it's just one that we overuse time and time again. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. But what does that really mean? It's become more of a metaphor, I think, for us and rather than an actual command of Jesus. And he calls us to love one another. He doesn't intend for us to do our life alone. And in fact, he says we should do just the opposite. Let's look at what God is saying to us about loving others and being in community. So there are three specific things that I want to focus on this morning. And these are the three things that God woke me up with at 6 a.m. on May 4th um, to share with you guys. And so I'm really excited about it. Uh, the first one is, and we're going to talk about God asking us to love, to carry, and to see. So the first one is to love one another deeply. So 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all Love each other deeply. That's like one of my favorite verses. And in fact, when I had a signature at my old job, it was part of the very bottom of my signature. Um, and just because it was a really good reminder sometimes when I was sending emails that maybe weren't the nicest emails, when I would get to the bottom and my signature would be on there, sometimes I would adjust the body. Um, but God is calling us to be Christ-like in how we love others. And what does that mean for us? Like, what does that actually mean, love one another deeply? It means that God can pass through us to others. And it's love put into action. And that is one of the greatest ways that God can speak to people through community. He's not merely calling us to feel sorry for one another. He's calling us to do something about it. Far too people... Ooh, far too often, people use the word love as just a word. But if you think about it, any relationship that you're in right now, do you believe somebody loves you because they say they love you? Or do you believe someone loves you because they take action behind it? Time and time again, we see Jesus publicly loving others, putting this into action. And oftentimes, it's not the people that we think he should be spending time with. But those are his children. And every person that we see in L.A. that's on the street, that's on the bus, are his children. We do not only see love, Jesus loving people exactly like him, the good people. And I think so often Christians put Jesus in this place. And scriptures put him in exactly the opposite place. He is out in the community and he is loving all the people unconditionally. The second part is Galatians 2. God calls us to carry one another's burdens. And Galatians 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. When I was preparing for the sermon, I was like looking up all these different words, and I looked up the word carry, and it literally means to move or support someone or something from one place to another. And we are called to stand with one another, to help move one another places to weep and to celebrate with one another. And this means sometimes when God puts us on our hearts 
someone to approach, just kind of like Sarah had mentioned the first week here about hearing God's voice. If you hear God's voice putting someone on your heart, you should trust it and act on it because in that moment, that person might need you to carry their burden and they might not even know that they need you to carry their burden. I cannot tell you how many times, even yesterday, I received a text message that was just like, I'm praying for you. Um, in just the right moments. And I know that sometimes also on the flip side of that, you can feel like I can't carry anybody else's burdens. I've got my own. And I think that's when we have to think about God calls us to love others as ourselves. And we love ourselves. I love myself. We exist for one another for the kingdom of heaven. And something that I also found in this is that um, there's a great quote by Craig Groeschel, and he says, we don't go to church, we are the church, and we exist for the world. Not for yourself, but for the world. In order to love deeply and to carry one another's burdens, we first have to see people. And I wanted to read this story, and then I decided to paraphrase it, so you're welcome. Um, but for Luke 7, 37 through 50, in this scripture, there's a woman, and she lives a very sinful life. And she learns that Jesus is coming to the Pharisee's home. And so she went there. I like that. And she bought an expensive jar of perfume. And she stood behind Jesus, weeping at his feet, kissing them, washing them with this perfume, wiping them with her hair. And when Simon, who had invited Jesus into his home, saw this, he said, if he was who he said he was, he would know who's washing his feet. And then in this, this passage, he goes on and he gives Simon a really good lesson about forgiveness. And then he asks Simon, do you see this woman? She honored me when you did not. Her sins are forgiven as her great love has been shown. I'm going to read that again. She honored me when you did not. Her sins are forgiven as her great love has been shown. He was telling Simon not to just see the woman as everyone else had seen her or was known by the people, but rather how she's seen and loved by God. And Jesus didn't point to the sinfulness, but rather to her generous and loving heart. And when I read that story, I thought, I'm that woman, that sinful woman that doesn't even deserve the chance to stand here today and give you the speech. And I think the coolest thing about that is that just like that lady, just like me and all of you guys, we are covered in grace and forgiveness. And no matter what we do, we don't have to earn it. And also in this story, not only are we the woman, we're also Simon judging people for their lives, their situations, how they live, where they live, sometimes what they're wearing, skin color, judging people. And Jesus asks Simon, do you see this woman? Do you see her? I think often we need to see the people that are in front of us every day who are in our community with the eyes of Jesus. As we're present with the baristas 
or our coworkers, or the people that we come in contact on our bus ride home, or our neighbors. And an important aspect of being present is to look someone in the eye. Because their light is inside their soul. I think it's impossible to live here and not be impacted by the city every single day. And then it becomes to become your norm. And you just accept the brokenness. And you see the person on the side of the street or you see the person outside of Starbucks and you just keep walking. We've got to stop walking by. I love to land at LAX at night. I don't know if you guys have, but there's a million tiny lights. And in those lights, I always think about every light is representing one person, or a million, because there's lots of different lights. But they're all children of God. And Josh Houston preached a sermon a few years ago on honor. And I went back and I looked at those notes, and I love them because he talks about honor as an interchangeable word with love. He said, honor should not be confused with respect. Respect is earned, but honor is given. Love should also be given because God doesn't call us to earn his love or his honor. He does not give us conditions on how we should live. And you know, people can be really challenging at times, and we can be challenging at times. And that's where the quote came from at the back. My favorite rapper, he is the goat, Lecrae, he said, love difficult people. You are one. He is totally the good. And I put this on my refrigerator in the morning. Love difficult people. You are one. Because it's a good reminder to myself. Daily God is placing you in someone's path. It may be someone who's super easy to love. Or somebody that you don't necessarily have anything in common with. And you might not even like them. But do we see them? Can we see their soul? Can we see that they are a child of God? You know, Jesus saw them because he was looking for them. He wasn't texting. He wasn't, like, playing some game on his phone. He was looking for the lost one. And we have the opportunity every single day. And not even looking for the lost one, but just looking for those to bring in into this church family, to our community. And this is easy as seeing the same person day in and day out over and over on your bus ride home who looks so lonely and just saying like, hey, dude, what's your name? On the flip side, we need to look in the mirror because sometimes it's us. We are the ones that need community. We're the ones that need to feel seen and heard and valued. And if we don't and we're not in a community, we need to ask ourselves, are we being intentional enough with the community that we're creating for ourselves in our lives? Are we honest with people and saying, like, hey, I'm not okay? I want to tell you a story this morning of when a community saw me and carried through a very difficult time. Uh, the last two years have been really difficult for me. I went through a divorce after eight years of being married. Today's the anniversary. There were days when I thought I couldn't make it, and I would call Jackie, and I would text her, and I would say, I'm on the bathroom floor. And she would say, okay, sit in it. Just stay there. We love you. I found myself completely lost 
I forgot who I was. All my identities had been taken from me. And I hadn't forged a very strong community in this church at that time. I had a very small community. Some of you guys were a part of it. But, you know, it was kind of like the surface ones where it was like, hey, I'm totally fine. Everything's fine. And you keep the hard stuff hidden. In the first few months, I found myself at the peak of loneliness, struggling to sit in the pain and wanting to distract myself. And y'all, I had a pretty impressive social calendar. It was full. I had something all the time. Some of you were also a part of that and are still. But it was completely empty. Before my situation ever happened, God was there and he was building a community for me. He put me in a job that was amazing, and there were so many wonderful people there. And he put me in this church. And God started putting people in my life that would be instrumental in leading me through this long before I even knew who they were. An entire community of people came in, and they just surrounded me. And when the bottom fell out, they were there one after the other after the other. Some of them are here today. And Stephen Furtick, who is an awesome pastor from North Carolina, has a sermon uh, where he talks about it had to happen. And I used to have a roommate, Julie, and she and I were kind of crazy um, when we lived together and just like so fun. And we would walk around the house and she would be in the back of the house and I would be in the front and she would say, Amber, it had to happen. And I would say, it had to happen, Julie. And we would just remind ourselves together that there are lots of things that have to happen for our life to come together. And, and those things that happened to me have led me to the community that I have today and the friends that I have today. And they're my family. Our lives are completely intertwined right now in a way that I would have never imagined. And today my life looks completely different than it did two years ago to this day. It's full of people that have carried me in my time of need. And even though I experienced a huge loss in my life, I have experienced gains that outweigh this loss. And this was all a part of God's plan. He placed me in a community of people strategically to love on me and show me the physical love of Jesus. So I want to ask you this morning, first I'm going to tell you, God is calling us to fiercely love one another. And I love that word fiercely. Fiercely. Who is God putting on your heart today that you might need to reach out to? Who is God putting in your path that you need to see? Is there somebody that you haven't fully seen that you may have a sense like, hmm, something's going on with them? But are you present and connecting with them? I would encourage you to also not just think about strangers, but to look in your own homes, in your relationships, in your friendships. Because the people that might need you can be a lot closer than who you think. So this morning we're going to do things a little bit differently I want to ask Jackie and Paul to come to the front. I also want to ask the people that are serving communion to come as well. 
And this morning, we're going to take communion together, but we're going to serve you in it. And when you're ready, if you would like to participate, you will come and take the bread and dip it in the cup. And take it back to your seat and take it whenever you're ready. But I think the important part here is this. We're going to serve you. And as you go up to these people this morning, I encourage you to look them in the eye and see them, honor them as the brother and the sister and the child of God that's standing in front of you this morning. And as we come to a close, I encourage you to just ask God to open your heart to community. Who is he putting in your path every day that you need to show his love to? Maybe he put people on your heart this morning while I was speaking. And I want to challenge you to act in love with one person this week. And think about who can you honor, even if it's someone you don't agree with or respect. Who can you honor? Can you imagine if we as a church family, even for a second, just imagine we go out of here and there's maybe, you know, a couple of us here, but if we interact with one person and that person interacts with one person to create an intentional relationship and community where people feel valued and they feel seen and they feel more importantly loved. How big of an impact we could make on not just Santa Monica and not just Los Angeles, but the entire world. So as we take communion this morning, I pray that you will just think about who can God put in your life so that you can impact.